basically it comes down to unsupervised learning and plugging as much data as possible into the machine and being able to predict success and predict outcomes better than anyone else. So the more data you have, the better predictions you're able to have, which enables you to make better decisions and invest your money and your resources better than anyone else. So the more data, the better your predictions, the better you can invest is really what it comes down to. So it's gold, man. That is absolutely gold. How's everyone doing today? If you're just tuning in, I'd like to welcome you to Win Daily. What I talk about on this podcast is the business of sport, physical fitness, and winning in all facets of life. Now, I had the luxury of doing a one-on-one interview with my co-founder and CMO of Hyperspeed Performance, Dakota Hanshu. Now, Dakota comes from a digital marketing background. However, he also has a deep knowledge and insight for AI and machine learning. He has played a vital role in helping us develop the hyperspeed performance score. And he's also someone that follows the hyperspeed performance system himself and has watched not only his body, but his habits and his approach to life transform over the course of the last eight months. Now, this interview was really unique off the fact that I know him. However, Dakota is not a really animated guy if you're just meeting him out in the street. So you really gotta ask the right questions that drive his interest to get him going, and I most certainly did that. Now, you're gonna quickly realize this guy's a Mormon, but there is a lot of profanity in this interview, perhaps more than the Win Daily podcast is used to having. We, t- we made sure to cancel that out. However, this is an absolutely remarkable story going from the time on his mission to learning about e-commerce, to making a few bucks, to then some of the partnerships that he developed with companies like Wrench AI and Mental Gurus. Dakota is absolutely a driven guy. He really embodies the Mamba mentality. And outside of the fact that I don't have anybody in my peer group who's anything close to how he is in his approach to life or his background, He's most certainly a guy that I needed on my team because you cannot deny talent. So without further ado, I'd like to introduce the world to Dakota Hanshu. He is a guy that you will be seeing a lot more of in the future and someone who I believe to be a pioneer in not just the health tech space, but AI as a whole and someone who is going to be very disruptive for a very long time. So Dakota, talk to the audience a little bit about how we met and share some of your story. Um, I'll just focus on how we met first and then, uh, we'll go into the story and stuff. So, so it was <clears throat> there, it started off honestly as a phone call for an internship with hyperspeed. I didn't know what the f- hyperspeed was, didn't know what they did. I just knew I was at the turning point in my life where, um, we'll, we'll get into that later, but basically I called them up for an internship, uh, scheduled a phone call, had, uh, an audio call. Then from the audio call, it turned into a video call, and uh, we started vibing pretty hard. And um, yeah, he, he went into my background a little bit, told me about his situation, told me about Abel, told me about basically everything that he was up to. And there was something different about this man's energy. And um, as he started to talk to me more, and we started conversing more, that led into a very organically developed relationship that was probably one of the most most authentic relationships I've I've ever come across and how it developed was not forced at all it, it was just very very real and I could be real with him up front 
and pretty much with everything about my life he started coaching me right off the bat almost he's like dude you're 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 a killer you're out there like what are you doing like and he actually offered me equity into the company right off the bat um just going into like how i was developing coaches i was actually doing digital marketing and stuff like that for coaches and he's like i didn't know you did that for coaches like so we got more and more into it and uh it turned into me and basically him and i sharing a vision and developing each other's vision on top of developing each other he's definitely developed me and he's helped me fill in my blind spots a lot more but i've just grown to appreciate this man like immensely and so outside of the the partnership outside of the the money the the business like this is a true friend of mine like this is someone i'm, I'm going to be with for life i've developed a relationship very quickly and it's grown very deep very fast and uh yeah i've learned from him a, a, a lot of stuff which we'll get into in a bit but yeah that's how we met and that's uh kind of what got this all started absolutely it's an organic story one thing i'd like to note there is uh gotta recruit you can't can't <laughs> deny talent can't deny talent no different than recruiting an athlete uh trying to develop a team and when someone has those traits, it doesn't even matter background experience. Just say, I need this guy on my team. What do you need? I don't give a damn. Need you on my team. But no, man, the, the number one thing that I admire and I want people to understand is you don't come from an athletic background. We come from totally different upbringings. And it's a mindset. It's a vibration. It's a killer mentality. Um, I've worked and helped with helped so many people. Uh, throughout my lifetime as a coach in so many different settings and you not being an athlete uh, but having that killer instinct that you can't teach and so I talk to a lot of the athletes the people that I work with about a mindset having a vision setting goals for yourself and you know I put you through a lot of tests um, just internally like in your everyday life how to approach okay. situations waking up at a certain time can you eat this many meals logging it uh, just like being authoritative things like that, how to develop as a leader. And I gotta say, I can be very demanding on people to the point where people don't wanna be around me anymore. Um, and that's okay, that's okay, because not everybody can you know, ride the boat. Um, and what you'll see is that people will fall out, but the people who just want it and understand that it's not about being right or self-interest, it's about finding truth and sharing a goal and a vision so deeply that you're willing to do whatever and adapt in order to achieve it. And so every test, that you know you've ever been through and that you know I've kind of challenged you you've risen and you've been accountable and had an attitude in which just got to keep learning and those are the things you can't teach it, it, it's accountability and you're never too good you've never reached the level in which you can't stop learning I know I'm accountable to that I seek mentorship and I always try to find people who know more than me so that I can constantly be put in my place and coach and you know be a student again and so as long as you have that attitude to never stop learning I believe sky is the limit man so that's absolutely remarkable just rising the challenge uh, he has a pro athlete mentality the mamba mentality uh, he's a guy that knows really nothing about sports and just consumes Kobe Bryant content so you know just Discussing your background, man. Where did this mindset come from? Talk a little bit about yourself. Oh, man, I could go on for like three or four hours about this, but I'll try to keep it a little shorter. Um, so I'll be honest, my background was, <laughs> when, you, when you found out about my, back, about my background, it was definitely a little bit of a shock to you. I grew up, just to be completely transparent, um, I grew up LDS or Mormon, as most of you guys probably know it. The dudes that ride around on bikes and like knock on your door and like talk to you about Jesus and stuff. That was me. <laughs> Uh, you know, I went to uh, Southern Georgia. I went to Southern Georgia. Got some barrels put in my face. You know, I got it's. 
Why were you there? You spent, why were you there? So as a part of the Mormon culture, it's not like you, you're not obligated. You don't have to do this, but it's, a, it's almost like an honor to go on a two year mission to go and basically bring more people to the fold or to the church, to Christ, to basically help and be selfless and serve others for two years. And so whether that's like going and helping people unload their U-Hauls when they're moving um, or when they're, you know, like I'm knocking on doors a lot. Of we actually love f***ing unloading trucks because that means uh, that means not getting rejected door to door. We don't have to f***ing knock in the heat. We get offered water for, in exchange for, you know, moving a load of stuff. And we get a little workout in. So. Guy swears a lot for a Mormon, huh? <laughs> <laughs> you know, we chill out. No, 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 no. Keep it going. Be you. Okay. Be you. All right. Uh, I apologize in advance for the rest of the the episode on how much I curse. I'll, I'll go back and count. You know, it'll be a record. Um, we'll just keep beeping it. Yeah, yeah, we'll no doubt. With just the Coach Wilson uh, cartoon. Yeah, yeah, we'll do that. It's <laughs> gonna we'll be go a lot of editing for Thea. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, oh, but um, yeah. So we were just out there really to serve to to help people out, and a majority of it was to try. Like, I think a lot of it is actually just self development and finding yourself. And, you know, everyone has different, like, approaches to the mission. Like, I'm here to get X amount of baptisms and bring a lot of people to church. But for me, it was like, I actually went on a mission to show my mom and dad, because I was a little bit of a, a f up in high school and middle school. Um, so was, this is my, like, chance to show them that I could, like, recover and become someone that they would want to be proud of, like a proud parent. Um, and so that was my initial approach. I didn't really necessarily believe in the church when I, when I went on a mission. I just kind of went on it to, to prove my parents that I could become something and do something that they'd be proud of. Um, and so, yeah, it was really just service, helping others and, uh, finding yourself. And yeah, I, I learned a lot. And one of the, one of the biggest things was dealing with rejection. And it was like, you just dealt with rejection every single day. It was like, no, we don't like a lot of people in Southern Georgia think that we're there to steal their daughters, to wife them up, to like, they think we're actually there to go and get as many women and, and impregnate them and, you know, build a compound full of like 90 children of our own with like 18 wives. Like, it's kind of ridiculous the, the the theories that people have about us over there, but you get, you can't go and like try to get them to, to believe something else. Cause you know, you, they've already ingrained that into their head and whether that's from other churches or social media or whatever it is that, that the whole Bible belt is full of just these ridiculous theories on what we do and what we're about and so when you're knocking on the door you're just like oh what the f am i gonna expect now just knock 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 you oh no f you like you're not taking my daughter or like get out of get out of my lawn like i don't want your devil worshiping here like they thought we believed in a different jesus i didn't know there were two jesuses but apparently there are like, <laughs> yeah it, it was a lot all right lot. all right so <laughs> you do this fresh out of high school right two-year mission what was yeah. next what was the next chapter in the journey um, so I actually met some people out there that were, so my dad's an entrepreneur, um, and I was wanting to be like making a good amount of money. I didn't want to go to college. I never really valued, you know, the typical, just traditional route for some reason. I don't know where that was. I don't know where that came from, but I never really valued like the stuff they were teaching me. Cause I don't feel like it was ever, this is the route. This is what you do. I feel like it's a, it's a more personal development route to how you find yourself how you develop your career and how you make money like that's all non-traditional approaches how you actually excel in those fields um and so i immediately i found someone that was making like 250 300k in a summer dude like in, in four months they were making 300k and i was like what are you doing like tell me like teach me tell, tell me everything i need to know to go and make 400k 300k in a summer i will do it i will 
I'm not gonna get into details on what I would do for that, you know, at that point. But that's the mindset. Um, yeah, and so uh, oddly real. enough, it, it transitioned, and this company called Vivint actually recruits heavily from the Mormon culture because they know that we're just really, really good at dealing with rejection, and all of their sales are on doors like all day just knocking like face to face out in the heat you know we get dropped off in a in an area and we we just like basically monitor that area we're looking for cars to come home like we know when the when the dad and the mom are going to be home so we know both decision makers are going to be there at the same time so we know we can get a yes you know stuff like that um so yeah i just i was like what can i do to make money he hooked me up with a dude that was in vegas so right when i was outside or right when i was done with my mission I could go and get in touch with him and immediately get recruited, get onto the team. And it just so happened to be that Vegas was just like the number one sales team at Vivint. And so just to give you a little bit of uh, a view on Vivint, it's a, it's a home security system. So I was basically trying to sell people on getting a home security, a smart home security system for their house. Um, <clears throat> and so, yeah, I was down. And then from there, like I, I went probably three or four months, get home from my mission uh started getting into sales immediately and three or four months in i started to realize like this is not scalable like i can't i can't do this the rest of my life it wasn't really necessarily a complaint but i was like i know there's tech out there there's there's ways to do this that are more scalable and more efficient like i could be calling i could be emailing i could be texting like there's better ways to do this shit. that's how you went down the rabbit hole that's what got me started, man. That's what got me started. Is like I only have so much time on this planet, and so I'm not going to spend all of my time doing stuff that you know some other door knocker can do. Like I, I want to excel and be able to develop myself in a way that no one can replace me. Like that's really my mindset. And so um, initially, like what led me down this like data tech nerdy computer savvy dude was how do I how do I sell shit online? And so I started taking a course. And it was actually on dropshipping. And just to give you a brief overview on dropshipping, it's basically you have a manufacturer in China that's willing to sell for super cheap. They think they're getting a bargain. I sell it. They don't even. Have, I don't even have the product yet. And I put an ad up. Someone clicks, buys the ad. I say, hey, in China manufactured. Like, hey, send this to the dude that just ordered this stuff. And uh, I never touched product. It was super cool. I was just fascinated with that. And so a part of that process was understanding Facebook. Facebook ads that that was really the triggering point of understanding how tech and data can be leveraged in so many ways. Um, we could target people based off of the car they drove, based off of their net worth, based off of their financial income, based off of how many kids they had, based off of like their what, if they visited a certain website before, and I just fucking just went insane. I just dove. I have so many certificates on LinkedIn that I can't even display them online. I was just obsessed with learning how to leverage data in the digital marketing field. And I just got sucked into that. And that's kind of how this all started. What I define that as too, is really beating the masses to the next wave. I remember like 2016, seeing just like digital entrepreneurs that were selling like marketing systems and eBooks and Facebook ads was like, it didn't really pop off. We're like, you knew it could potentially be powerful, yeah. but a lot of like, you know, old fashioned entrepreneurs, you gotta remember now, the majority of people in the market are, that have a lot of money are like 45, 50 100%. bucks. Yep. And they don't spend their time surfing the web and on Facebook. Yeah. So at that time where Facebook wasn't like a known commodity, it was a place where like 
still sort of like college, but like really like the older population was starting to get into it. Mm-hmm. They weren't trying to buy products on there. Yeah. I remember where I was working at, he was like the people that we get through Facebook ads that we convert those leads, they never buy. Hmm. And so it wasn't really like a thing. However, as markets evolved, it was just like, you know, the Gary Visa were like, content, content, content. Yeah. In 2020, every single business is also going to be a media company. 100%. And so I was always trying to, you know, get ahead of the game, uh, coming from a background of sports coaching and then into general wellness and then into like tank and entrepreneurship. And so, okay, I see the value in digital marketing. And so even as I started getting on board with Able in like 2021 in like ad spending, content creation, it's like, uh, now we're on blockchain and Web3 and AI. And so, you know, I think that there's a revolution. We call it the fourth industrial revolution. Can you elaborate a little bit on AI and what it means to you? Yeah, so there's AI, machine learning, like algorithms, like all these kind of get intertwined, like the, the... definitions aren't if i asked you what the difference between ai and machine learning is you wouldn't know like most people don't understand and i I think that there it's a gray area but just to kind of give you a brief understanding of what ai is is like you you're able to train a model and help this model understand the patterns of success and ideal situations and the data points that are also in non-ideal situations. So you can literally say, hey, this is the outcome I want. Here's all of the past history of like good, basically successful outcomes and non-successful outcomes. Here's all the data. Identify for me the patterns that are successful. And then as I continue to train that and give that more data, it can help me identify more patterns. And And there's supervised versus unsupervised learning where unsupervised learning you plug in the data you have no structure to it you just say hey identify the patterns for me and then there's supervised learning which is basically you're structuring in a way to where you're identifying those variables for the machine before you plug it in so i won't go too into that but basically it comes down to unsupervised learning and plugging as much data as possible into the machine and being able to predict success and predict outcomes better than anyone else. So the more data you have, the better predictions you're able to have, which enables you to make better decisions and invest your money and your resources better than anyone else. So the more data, the better your predictions, the better you can invest is really what it comes down to. So it's gold, man. That is absolutely gold. With hyperspeed, I find that like my expertise being health, fitness, performance, and your expertise being marketing, it's like this concept of AI and how it really facilitates our success as specialists on an individual level and then coming together to building on a macro level. (laughs) Uh, And that's the power of it where we're learning now is like how I can take biometric analysis, your lifestyle, your behavior, your nutrition habits, when you go to sleep, how you're recovering, your stress and anxiety levels, and then understanding the patterns in your life and the behaviors that drive those patterns. And then after accumulating enough data after an extended period of time, we can then predict the outcome. That's how it applies in my industry. Talk a little bit about from a marketing standpoint, because you talked about your fascination with AI, how it helps you develop marketing systems. So this is gonna be a little bit deeper. I wasn't expecting to go this deep, but we'll we'll go a little deep right here. To start off, we'll just start off with a, a piece of content, like a blog post, right? So there are so many blog posts, so many YouTube videos out there, so much content being pushed, right? And 
how you interact with those videos, if you are interacting with that content at all, all that's being monitored and tracked to be able to segment you based off of what you're consuming and the metadata behind those pieces of content. So YouTube analyzes every word that's on a YouTube video, every audio or every piece of basically any image that goes through a video. So every, all video is, is a combination of audio and images. So if it can identify objects within those videos, it identifies the objects, who's talking, the tonality and the, the motion in it. And so it knows how you're interacting with this content, how far you scroll, the meta tags behind this stuff, which is basically just information about the content. So it can identify the content. So I'm not, I'm not going to go too much deeper than that. No, but, that's great. Um, every interaction is tracked. You have a digital footprint, whether you like it or not, you're being tracked, segmented and leveraged based off of your consumption of information. And so um, <clears throat> the company that I'm working with right now is essentially leveraging all public information. Like every single, if I get a first name, last name, email and phone number, we can go and find, basically scrape the public uh, data sources like LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, to find those same names and same emails and stuff like that. And then find out what those people are interacting with, how they're interacting with it, the metadata behind those pieces of content that they're interacting with, the way that they interact with, like, do they use exclamation points? Do they capitalize stuff? Do they, are they emotional? Are they a logical thinker? Um, and then that in tandem with another company called Mental Gurus, which is founded by a behavioral therapist, um, in his data set, it's very, very powerful. And basically we're able to scrape and gather all of this data and be able to predict, okay, what product can you sell to this person? Um, what, what are they gonna bite on? What channel do you wanna communicate with them on? Uh, how should you approach them? And even to the point where like, where I have a whole sales team take a test and a survey and I know as an inbound lead comes in and I identify their public profile, I know who's gonna communicate with them on the same, wa same wavelength, who's gonna be logical, who's gonna be emotional, if they have the same interests. So I can pair up sales guys with inbound leads and know that I'm incre increasing close ratios because they're just gonna vibe with each other right off the bat. You know, it's not a forced like, I have to learn this person. And then on top of that, I can share with those salespeople what their values are, how to sell them, what products to push them, and what channel to communicate with them on. So it's, it's leveraging the shit out of all of that public data and um, utilizing it to push product in pretty much any market or industry I wanna be in. So that's kinda, yeah. The best I've ever heard you articulate that. Uh, you know, what's interesting is the public's perception of data, data and privacy. And so a lot of people are like, oh, I don't wanna give my data because all my privacy's gone. I don't think we've gotten to the point of realizing what the value of privacy actually is. And now people have to understand for one, every time you do anything online, that behavior, privacy is already out there. However, privacy is neutralized when it's, a, it's an open game now. All these platforms, they know more about us than we know about ourselves. 100%. However, the beauty of that is that these things can be leveraged to our advantages. And so they say AI is shifting the landscape of the job market. What it's actually going to do is create new jobs and it's going to allow us to solve more human problems over the course of you know the next 20 30 40 years as they evolve yes. and so it's almost like this this relationship between private and public se sector to create a better world and what i find is that with these companies that you're working with what we're collaborating on 
is using this technology to our advantage to solve human problems and almost easing the public in with this data to where we can bring it down to layman's terms to saying like, these three things are three things I need to do and I can implement them and almost giving you micro goals to reach, get a result, see it forward, and then set a little bit of a bigger goal, whether it's behavioral, whether it is from a health and fitness standpoint, or whether it's for an organization and trying to reach a sales goal and putting people in position to succeed. Um, Before you go any further, I just want to like, there, there are a lot of people that are skeptical about like, oh, they're going to take my job. It's going to be like, well, you have to understand as a human race, we're trying to evolve. Like we're trying to help. You have so many people doing these mundane jobs, like data entry stuff. Like you have these people answering phones, like, okay, great. Like, what's your name? What's it? You know, like and not to shit on the people that are doing those jobs, like they're hard workers, but automating those jobs is going to enable us to be more creative and be more innovative and allow us to basically not waste our lives on those mundane things in order to, you know, make a living. We can get more creative with our ways of making money and resource allocation and how we invest and how we just like basically commerce as a whole. Like, um, and so <clears throat> I just, it's going to allow so much more creativity and so much and people push back on this all the time. And I just like, if people are willing to learn how to be more creative and get out of the like, Hey, I'm in this job. This is what I do for the rest of my life. Like they're going to get out of that. Like you can be more creative. You can learn how to do new things. And like, there's so many opportunities out there with the, the availability, the availability of the internet and all the information on the internet. Like you can learn anything, man. And so it's, it's unbelievable. And you know, beyond just data and technology, yeah. simplifying things for organizations, it can simplify things for an individual. 100%. Use these tools to simplify your life. I talk about machine. I look at man as a machine and I've tried to almost automate my life. Just waking up at the same time, understanding my quality of sleep, trying to go to sleep at the same time, trying to eat the same foods, trying to monitor my energy expenditure. And those elements are really allowing me to maximize my productivity. And so I'm a big believer in produce more than you consume. And so I'm on the road, I'm going from state to state, place to place. You better believe I'm still logging every single meal, every single activity, every single morning, no matter what, I get my HRV. And so if my HRV is low, my quality of sleep was terrible, yeah. I understand why. And I say, okay, I gotta dial it back today because a big issue in America is that we're overworked. And so when we have all these tools to simplify our life, right? Okay, we might overwork, but I can understand when I'm under stress or if my quality of production is beginning to diminish or other aspects of my life are falling apart, I can dissect the root cause without doing much of anything because I've monitored my behavior. And so the, the reason will be in the data itself. <laughs> and so it's a beautiful thing. That's what you know our program has been where you now have seen it, where I evaluate your program and I'm able to see, oh, didn't work out two days in a row. What's going on? Yeah. What's going on? Well, like I was out last night, I went out to dinner late and, and boom. And so now it's like we get into this constant feedback loop. And, and so even for something as simple as training, because I'm just a coach. What the hell am I doing? I think you're and, a lot more than that. You're a little hungry <laughs> right now. But, but yeah. no, like what the hell am I looking like? You Like data. I'm not a data scientist. I'm not even yeah. a computer guy. Sure. Um, but understanding like, no, no, 
We might train for one hour in the day. There's 23 other hours in the day and how you sleep and what you eat are all gonna play a role. Let's start collecting some data on these things so I can maximize your process. Sure. You can get results and then you can begin to see how these things impact your life and then take a little more pride in it. So the more I know about you and the more you feed the machine, the more I can help you. I'll be honest, I think that, <clears throat> I don't think that anyone can predict like what AI is gonna do. Like it is such a, a an abstract cloud of you know, like we have our biases and like our backgrounds on top of like our just our very 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 small understanding of what AI can do and what's possible with AI so my prediction of the future is going to be completely out so I don't want to say that the future is this the future is that like there's I, I don't know I just know I just know three months from now like I, I'm looking at this as a three month like okay what's coming out now how is it going to get integrated into AI what's the next evolution so you almost have to look at this as like, you, you see the trajectory of it and it's just gonna exponentially get faster and faster, like upward. You, you're, we don't know where stuff is gonna be in five years. Like five years, it could be insane. Like we could have real life sentient fucking robots walking around serving us food and stuff, replacing, you know, people that are, that are servers. Like basically making us like Wally. -E. Like we don't, we won't have to do shit if we don't want to. You know what I mean? Like it could get to that point and it probably will. Um, but yeah, as far as a prediction go, I, I, I don't have, I don't want to say this is my prediction. This is what I'm, you know, going with, but I do think it's going to take, um, I think AI is going to play a big role in being able to help And just to back up a little bit. When you said you're able to track my data, like if I feed you my data into a database and you're able to analyze me, that data that is now stored and you've monitored and then now created a program or somehow created an action item that is oriented towards myself, given the data and the insight you've gotten, you've gotten from that data, that data can also be leveraged to, to help another individual that is like me that has those same metrics and those same data points. So being able to utilize and find patterns in the data and utilize that to feed the AI and say, hey, this is how, like, this is the segment of people, this is their data points, and now you're able to almost like scale and automate your ability to just help individuals at scale without even like doing any work because you've monitored and actually done the work necessary and plugged in is enough data for it to know, okay, these are the patterns and this is what all these people, these same data sets and these same data points in this pattern, this is what they need to excel the most. So, and that's kind of the whole point of mental gurus and I won't go too deep off of that, but that was the whole point is like, let, let us help us understand each other as a, as a whole. Cause you know, we don't fucking understand each other, bro. Like there's people in China, I don't understand them. They don't understand us. So if all of us collectively are able to feed a machine data points on what we're struggling with and how we progress and give that feedback on how we are progressing with the data, it's able to find the patterns and how people excel. And you can just feed the machine and help people excel way more rapidly than ever we've ever seen before. If it's used with good intent, so. Absolutely. Absolutely phenomenal answer, man. Um, it's been a pleasure, obviously, my time here in Vegas. Now we're at a point where we'll probably be working full time uh, together pretty soon here. Um, have a couple different projects setting off in the fall. 100%. Um, more content, going to the market with just presenting this product, collecting as much data as possible for the organization and continuing to learn about individuals, every single subject, 25 year old entrepreneur, 50 year old insurance worker, 16 year old yeah. baseball player. Yeah. Um, you know, the list goes on. And so it, it's,
beyond you know the growth of our business or these databases it's just learning through every experience where we're turning real life scenarios into data that we can then leverage to help people for sure. um, one point i wanted to make and i think this is for the world to really understand as a whole because we don't take a time to really reflect upon history and understand how we got here in the first place and so all we do often is just um try to internalize our perceived reality but again, it's like, what are the events that led up to this to get us here? Whether it's like this postmodernism, obsessive sort of like culture, pleasure-based society, um, where it's almost like we have this saturation of information. Yeah. And that's where I find people getting so overwhelmed with data. But let's just take a step back for a second. Towards the late 90s, there was a boom of dot-coms. And that was like the hot investment in which all these VCs are putting their money into. People understood that the internet was coming from search engines to e-commerce. You think about like Yahoo or Amazon. Those are like the first websites that I remember always logging on, you know, as a kid, to then MySpace, MySpace evolved to Facebook. And then you think about how certain times, where there's like the recession in 08, how that birthed different companies. And then like when YouTube came, and then YouTube yep. sets the stage for different companies, right? Sure. But that's only a 20 year process. <laughs> Okay, I'm about to turn 30 here. Okay, I remember a world pre-internet. So I, we've watched this unfold right before our eyes, right? And so we think about you know the revolutions throughout times and how much the world is, I would say that the world has changed from 2010 to 2020. Well now, that like we talk about like looking at an organization and all the transaction history that they have in their database throughout a period of time, right? Yeah. How much the world and this data collection has grown, has got, is about to grow from 2020 to 2040, I think is going to like 10X from what we just saw in 2000 to 2020. And we have to realize that the Western world, America is still a fairly new concept. The internet is still brand new. And so what man can achieve is, is infinite. But before we get to that point, what it really boils down to is relationships. Relationships, growth, and finding people who share the same mission and core values as you. And what you find is that when people put their mind together to attack world problems, <laughs> what we can achieve is beyond our comprehension. Yeah, and just to <clears throat> feed off that a little bit, like the fact that we're able to even track and store the amount of data that we can is insane. Like we just pen paper, like we, we went from hieroglyphs to then pen paper, like, you know, like uh, feathers and stuff, dipping in ink, like, you know. You're Typewriters. Ex exactly, the evolution of, of just even documentation in general has completely revolution. Like it, it's changed everything. Now we're storing the same that someone could like we're speaking into a phone now, transcribing information, you know. Dude, I'm driving in the car. <laughs> I vlog every day. I'm driving in the car and you put me onto this. Sometimes yeah. I'm just, oh, this is a long one, man, but I think it's worth every second. No, um, no, I'm saying like I have a, like I can record on my watch while I'm that, driving. Yeah, dude. So I'm literally, I'm just talking. Yeah. I'm driving eight hour drive. I'm just talking into my phone and now I get an audio file. I mean, excuse me. I can turn that into a blog post yes. if I wanted to. And so beyond all these things, right? We can take one piece of video content and then spin that three or four different ways. Um, I think that is the beauty of the internet. And so make the machine work for you. 
because we're still God's most powerful creature. And so we have to understand our power, put our minds together and leverage that. Um, I think that that was what birthed, you know, the IBMs, the Apples, and, um, you know, who knows what's in store, but I believe as long as we continue to, you know, push forward and, you know, build teams and keep our values in place, there's a lot more of us out there. 100%, that's why we're doing it, man. Trying to collect them, grab them, bring them together, and uh, do work, man. It's gonna be fun. I'm the man with the master plan, graduated with my masters. Whoever coming in after me, got some work to do naturally. I done made a couple